and Olaf. It's not, it's not in some other place or just some story, but, but this is about a moment in time in history on this planet. There was a girl. Her name was Mary. And her and Joseph were betrothed. And they traveled and she trudged and she walked 80 miles to Bethlehem for this census. This is a place that's about 5,589 miles away from Syracuse, New York, in Bethlehem. It's an actual place. This was an actual moment in time. These were actual people. And this was a moment in history when God fulfilled his promises to Abraham and to Moses. And he fulfilled his covenant to his people by coming as a child in such a unique, almost as we think about it, I don't know if you agree, in a unique, almost upside-down kind of way, isn't it? I mean, you would have thought, and I think Mary probably would have thought, after an angel showed up and said, hey, you're pregnant, um, she might have thought, wow, like I'm carrying the Messiah, the Christ, the promised one. When I conceived this child, through the Holy Spirit, and, and, and I'm coming to a place to have this baby, she probably anticipated something a little bit different than what's happening in this narrative. How many of you guys agree with me? Maybe some sort of comfort and fanfare would have accompanied her, but no, here she is, right? Here's Mary walking 80 miles, pregnant, about ready to give birth. I remember walking the halls of St. Joseph's Hospital with my wife. It was easy for me, but it was not an easy walk for her <laughs> as she was getting to that place where she was ready to give birth. How many here, about half of you, understand what I'm talking about? <clears throat> walking 80 miles. They get there, and she's ready to give birth to this baby. This is... This is not an ideal situation in her mind. And she comes to the inn, right? And you, you guys know this whole narrative. She comes to the inn, and there's no room. Can you imagine the, the, the emotion or the reaction? How many of you have been in those type of inconvenient situations, right? I get upset when there's not a parking space on a Tuesday, right? I'm thinking, God, where are you in my life, right? How many... <laughs> Here she is carrying the Son of God. She's walked 80 miles. She finally gets to where she can have this baby, and there's nowhere to stay. Less than ideal. I would imagine in her mind, she was thinking, things could be going better here. She ends up in a manger. She ends up in the back barn with beasts and, and their, everything that goes along with them after they eat, right? And hay... And she has to consider this new baby that she's giving birth to in this situation and in this moment. And she has to put this child into a manger. I remember when we first had Sophia, if someone coughed in their hand and reached towards her, I was ready to leap across the room, right? How many of you guys have been there? By the third one, he could roll around in the dirt, eats that we were fine. But with, with the first one, you know, you're nervous. I love verse 19. 
Because Jesus, because God, the God of the universe, who is orchestrating the greatest gift for all of mankind in this moment, as God was coming to earth, as God was incarnate in the baby Jesus, and there's, there's cosmic events that are happening. This is one of the greatest moments in the history of the world, if not the greatest. As God comes to earth to fulfill his promises to us, to save us, we see shepherds in a field. And they encounter an angel. And what does the angel say to them? There's going to be a sign. The Messiah has come and there's going to be a sign. And you know what the sign is? There's going to be a baby in swaddling clothes, wrapped in these clothes, lying where? In a manger. The God of the universe orchestrates a census, puts it in the, in, the, in the heart and in the head of an official to have a census, to get Joseph and Mary where? To the town of Bethlehem. Why? So they could fulfill the prophecy in Micah 5.2 that says that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And, and God orchestrates the census. God orchestrates a sign. And here, as Mary's walking through what would be difficulty, what would be less than ideal, as she's potentially contemplating, what am I doing in a barn, having to put my child in a manger? As Joseph is contemplating, what am I doing with this young woman who I'm supposed to marry, who's already pregnant, and I've never been with her physically? This must be God, living in the midst of that difficulty in their culture, of that embarrassment, they moved forward and found themselves in this situation. God and his orchestrating of these events speaks to the shepherds. says, go find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And I love verse 19. As the shepherds show up and describe to Mary what the angels, the multitude of angels that, that sang as this cosmic event confirms that this is the Messiah, this is God coming to earth. And the shepherds share with Mary the story of the angel saying, look for the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I love verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Imagine that moment for her hearing from the shepherds. The angels told us, your baby would be in a manger. Could you imagine her just saying, oh, all right, God's using this. How many of you have ever wished things would be different? How many of you have been in a situation in life that's less than ideal? How many of you have found yourself in a place where you're asking, why God is my life like this? Why do I find myself in this difficulty why am I struggling in the way that I'm struggling? Why has my sin led me to this place of, of difficulty and destruction? Why have my circumstances led me into a place of struggle and difficulty and things that are less than ideal? And, and I, I would ask myself this in, in reference to this passage as it rises from Scripture. Take a look at your life right now. Take a look at those moments where you're going through something less than ideal. And I would ask you tonight, as we think of Christmas, look to Jesus, look to God and say, God, what are you doing? And would it be that you would use this in my life? Would it be that you're bringing to a, me to a place of humility, that you're bringing me to a place of struggle, that maybe you're bringing me to a place that I don't understand because of things that are out of my control, but would it be that you're in control and you know what you're doing and you have a plan? 
But the Christmas story is so much more than even that for us. Because as God used these circumstances that would have been certain adversity for Mary and Joseph, what he was using them to do was to bring into the world the Savior of everybody. Amen? God was fulfilling his promise by coming to earth. And whether you're in a place where your situation and your circumstance has brought incredible struggle and you're waiting for that day to pass, or maybe you're in a situation where you are just doing great, where you're, 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 you're maybe in a place in life where people would look to you and say, wow, your life must be awesome. You got enough money. You got a big house. You got more presents that you could ever imagine under the Christmas tree. But maybe you found yourself at the bottom of that, of that Christmas present, at the bottom of that box, and you're saying to yourself, I have everything I could ever want, but I feel like I have nothing. I want to say to you tonight that the greatest gift of all is available to you. The greatest gift that could ever be given is available to you. And whether you're in great distress or difficulty or you're in the midst of great blessing, and at in, in the end of this blessing, it's still not enough. God wants to let you know tonight from his word that he has come and he has come into the world and he's come to save you. Micah says he would be born in Bethlehem hundreds of years before he was. Isaiah says in Isaiah 7:14, Behold, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. He prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus came that he would come through a virgin. These are all a sign to us that the Messiah has come. There's a woman who wrote a blog. Her name is Venetia Rendell, and I was looking at this in the context of, of reading about Christmas things, and, and she was talking about this passage, and she wrote this, when our dreams and plans are falling apart and our life feels humble and obscure, when we were hoping for something prettier, maybe we are exactly where God wants us to be, where he can use us most. Amen? Isaiah 53 prophesies about God as he would come, this incredible gift that has come to us. And it says this, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as the one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. This is Isaiah speaking of Jesus. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. You see this beautiful little baby lying in a manger as angels are appearing in heaven and declaring the glory of God. As shepherds are speaking prophetically to a young girl who just had a baby in a manger. As God has come to earth, he came for this reason, to be a gift to us, to be that man, Jesus, who was fully man and fully God, who lived the life that none of us were capable to live. As Isaiah prophesied, all of us have gone astray. We've each gone our own way. And Jesus came, and he came to go to the cross. He came to pay the price so we don't have to. He came to be punished in our place, to be our substitute. As a God full of justice who is set to make all things right and who at the same time loves us with a love that we can't even imagine, he poured out his judgment upon him so that it didn't have to be poured out on you or me. This debt, and some of us question that. What debt? I don't owe anybody anything. I, I happen to vocationally be a prosecutor at the DA's office, and my job is the chief of the Special Victims Bureau. I prosecute sexual crimes, child abuse cases. I've done that for almost 10 years. And we, we ask ourselves, what debt? Why did Jesus have to come? Who owes a debt to anybody? I didn't do anything wrong. I'm better than the guy next to me. I don't do that. I don't do that. And as we see in scriptures, God's revealed to us this perfect, just God who's going to make everything right. What do we recognize? That we've wronged. We come to this place where we see our own sin. I come to the place where I see my own sin. I see what sin and debt means when you see someone hurt, see someone abused, see someone killed, see someone traumatized by, by crime. You see a debt and you sit with folks and you recognize that I can't really make this right. Even if someone goes to jail, it really doesn't fix it because their loved one has been taken away. A child's innocence has been taken away. Who could ever make this right? Who could ever fix this? Jesus came and was born in Bethlehem. Amen? And he went to the cross and he took upon himself, the only one who didn't deserve to, took upon himself all of the judgment of God for all of sin, all of those wrongs that have been done, including the wrongs that I've done in my own selfishness, in my own sin, in my own things that I do wrong every single day. He took upon himself the judgment of God, saved up from Adam to the end of the world, and that cup of judgment was poured out dry on this little baby as he grew to Jesus and went to the cross. He took upon himself all of that. Isaiah prophesied it. This is who the Messiah is. The chastisement that brought us peace was put on him. So here's what we recognize tonight as we worship. Jesus came, and he is the greatest gift. 
at the end of the night, at the end of tomorrow, when all the wrapping paper is thrown all over the place and the boxes are empty and half of the toys are broken and the stuff that you were so excited about you're sick of already, when all of that happens, here's what we can do. We can introspectively look inside of ourselves. We can look to the word of God and we can say, we've received the greatest gift that could ever be given because today, according to the word of God, we're justified in him. He has declared us not guilty. Why? Because the punishment of God for sin was put on him. He came and took it for us. And we can stand in gratefulness and in worship and be grateful today for Christmas because Jesus came. Amen? Will you pray with me tonight? God, we, we can't encapsulate in 25 minutes all the significance of your incarnation. But what we can do is recognize tonight that you came. We recognize tonight that you came for us. We see in the life of those that, that served you that it was less than convenient to be used by you, but their lives were used in such a way that they brought about something, you brought about something through their lives that has saved us all. We're so grateful tonight for Jesus. We're so grateful that you came. We're so grateful for that baby that lied in a manger in swaddling clothes. We're so grateful for what you've done, how far you've reached to forgive us, to save us, to bring us to a place where we can stand before you and worship you in freedom. Not because we deserve it or because we've done anything, but because of what you've done. We look tonight to the incarnation, but we also look tonight to the finished work of Jesus Christ on our behalf, the Messiah who's taken away the sin of the world. And we worship you. You deserve to be worshiped in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Will you stand with me?